Welcome to Tom and David's Odd Shape. Oh, do that again. Welcome to Tom and David's Odd Shape Balls, a weekly look at all things rugby and NFL. So let's uh, let's dive in back back with the Six Nations. We are. Um, some interesting fixtures this weekend. My highlight of the week so far has been listening to all the pundits and commentators trying to pretend that France aren't going to walk over Wales. Yeah, I mean, you you struck out quite well last week by saying, don't overthink it, this is what's going to happen. And <laughs> it did happen. So um, you've got provenance on being correct on these things. But I suppose, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Everybody's been saying how unconvincing England's been, and they certainly have. But Wales also don't look the full, um, the, the the full outfit. Although at times they look incredibly dangerous. The last twenty minutes of the England game, they mm. looked phenomenal. But um, yeah, I can't imagine anything other than France giving them a unless. Hey, look, we're talking about France. I don't know how, how <laughs> fool me once. Yeah, shame on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, they have been inconsistent consistently my entire life so yeah the, the, the idea that they might just turn up uh having had a big meal and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's camembert i don't know it was very good and i uh, could not run anymore <laughs> yeah i mean it is a friday evening game so that's they, the problem they isn't might it? all be drunk yeah exactly <laughs> and no one's factored in that they've had a big lunch yeah yeah exactly there you go so maybe wells maybe it's yeah. open door for yeah i'm used to playing on the saturdays and this is vendredi i don't know i'm not used to playing here <laughs> <laughs> quotes from the week um, I just I'm not sure what Wales are telling themselves this week because you look at that we've, you know, we've all played in teams where you look at the opposition and you're trying to tell yourself no we've got, no, we've got a chance we can, we can this could be okay it's fine this is what um, goes through your mind before every date 100% 100% <laughs> this will be fine they're bigger than me so what <laughs> so what I'm giving up six inches and three stone who cares you know, <laughs> we can we can we can do a job, guys. We can do a job. <laughs> technique. It's all about technique. It's not always about how much weight, weight and how angry they are. <laughs> Just because they're angry and massive doesn't mean you're going to get beaten up again. I do like the fact you keep on using the multiples. This date is yeah. with several. Oh yeah, several women. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, 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 or an entire or, pack. <laughs> yeah, the front row. That's my that, that that's my hinge profile. It just says the front row. Please question mark. Um, that's the name of my, my, my other podcast. The front row, please. Um, yeah, but I, I just think if if you're Wales this week, you've got to be thinking, what are we at? Because the thing about France is, it's not just the old thing of oh, there's 15 players there or 23 players there who are better than our 23 players. Which is probably objectively true. Yes. There's also like, where do we attack them? Where are they weak? What what's our Yeah. Um, I hope you're not thinking that I've got an answer for them. No, I was no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> David, I've got I've long gone past the, the idea of thinking you have any answers to any of our rugby questions. I was more thinking just emotionally or like putting yourself in that lock in that dressing room. What are you like think about someone playing like Hackney on the marsh and some some group of mutants comes over the hill and you're like yeah, no, we can. I, uh, yeah, I, do, I mean, the thing, I mean, there, the, there's a smaller margin between these teams, and sometimes that, I mean, hence the Six Nations has been so tight and so so unpredictable. Mm. But um, not normally, I would uh, certainly as a front rower, you just like concentrate on your your head-to-head battle, don't you? Mm. You don't try and think of the big picture too much. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, and you know, if you win your face to face with your opposite number yeah. and an, enough of your team more of your team win their their one on ones than don't then you've got a chance but uh, tactically I don't know how to attack France well that's well yeah, yeah. I mean it, apart from baguettes <laughs> just, yeah. just just waving baguettes they've at never them. been very good on their own borders <laughs> sort of if, if Wales can build up a decent militarised force around Paris <laughs> they've got a chance oh no 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 no, no. this is too much for us we go home <laughs> Oh. Désolé. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I think that that's a uh, that's the disheartening thing for Wales, though, because if you do that thing of like, oh, if we just win our individual battles, you ain't winning your individual battles. <laughs> you ain't it ain't happening. <laughs> you got <laughs> you got more chance of uh, I don't know summer in the North Sea than like that 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 Welsh team man for man beating that French team. Where where do you think they've got the best control back back row the scrum? Maybe, although there's a lot of chat this week that they're going to go with Navidi mm-hmm. 
Faletau and Seb Davis, who's actually a second rower, mm. moving into the back row, which that's a massive trend these days, isn't it? Mm. Like just getting just getting a big lump, just getting a big second mm. row and playing them at six, which makes you think, are we going to try and bring some more physicality to France? At which point I was thinking, is that the right thing? Because France are massive. Mm. Like I don't think one guy is going to help you out physical <laughs> like that giant. I, I would have thought they'd been better off going quicker, lighter, trying to push them around the field, but. Who knows with old Pivac? Yeah, yeah. It's um. I mean that. I mean that was what everybody was saying throughout the Lions tour, wasn't it? Look, you can't be bigger than them, so let's start and throw the ball around. But then Dan Bigger chose to never pass to anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> just baffling. Um, but um, she said, "Oh yeah, it's, uh, uh, they're really big. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll kick it at them so they can run back at us." Yeah, oh, brilliant. Good idea, Dan. Yeah, good idea, Dan. Yeah, the kicking thing is going to be interesting for that game because uh, France apparently kicking more than any team in world rugby at the minute. Yeah, I heard that statistic. They're just doing um, it. They're just doing it really well. Yeah, because like um, in the game against Scotland, Scotland had a huge amount of possession, mm. huge amount of attacks. They're just yeah, just sort of like playing this sort of bend not break defence. That yeah, they, they no matter how many times Scotland came at them, they just stopped them and then on the counter in broken play, bang. So they're not, they seemingly not doing anything for 20 minutes and then two tries on the half. Then just lethal. Yeah. Lethal when they get the ball, yeah. That's, that's going to be the disheartening thing for Wales because you think, like, we're doing pretty well here, lads. We're not doing too badly. And then, oh, oh fucking hell, he scored again. Oh, yeah. fucking hell, he scored again. Yeah. yeah might, maybe just the same as the Scotland game all over again if, if Wales don't turn up with some very uh, exciting game plan. But, yeah. I, I just I, I just think that they've got, they must have one eye on uh on the piss up afterwards, I reckon. <laughs> Wales. Just gotta get lads, get through this. We'll have ten pints. Fucking forget about it, boys. <laughs> Wales they, they constantly surprise you. I mean I mean that I, I had them completely written off this. They constantly despite having a, mm. a um a pathetic uh club uh setup, yeah. uh they keep on supplying great players and the sum total of their their mm. parts is always more. Is it is it they so I wouldn't write them off. I'm writing them off. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I've written them off time and time again, but they just keep on fucking winning, don't they? They're nauseating pricks. <laughs> That's the tagline for the Welsh RFU. Nauseating pricks. Um, if there was one, you know, like in every team, there's always one lad who when the going gets tough, they're just like, oh, my hammy, hammy's gone. Oh. <laughs> Who's that lad in the Welsh team? The Ben Roethlisberger of, yeah. of, of Welsh rugby. <laughs> I don't know, Dan Bigger is, is always playing hurt, isn't he? I think about that as well, because on the one hand, you could say, oh, he's such a stoic. So heroic that he keeps going. On oh, the other hand. really injured, then get off. Exactly. That's what I always think. It's like, oh, how bad is that, Hammy Dan? No, it's really, I'm brave, lads. I'm really brave. <laughs> are you, or are you, are you just the world's best showman, Dan Bigger? <laughs> are you actually Billy Elliot in a Welsh, in a Welsh rugby shirt? Imagine that. Imagine if Dan Bigger was actually just a really frustrated theatre kid who, in his mind, is playing out this Hollywood sports film every time he takes the field. We, we could have done it with a bit more of those skills at Harlequins during Bloodgate. <laughs> um, the worst ham acting of all yeah, time. <laughs> when he was meant to be, he was meant to be pretending to have a, a bleeding lip, and he limped. He limped and winked. <laughs> the limp, the, the old, the old limp and wink. <laughs> It's like a it's a classic vaudeville routine, you guys. The old limp and wink. <laughs> huge damn brick lane yeah, in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, exactly. Limp and wink also sounds like uh, like a vaudeville act. Welcome to the stage, limp and wink. The amazing limp and wink. Live in Cincinnati. <laughs> For anyone who's listening who doesn't know what happened that day, so basically, you're not allowed to go off in rugby if you use all your subs up, but you can replace people for blood. And this lad at Harlequins, Tom Williams, was that his Tom, name? Tommy Williams, yeah. Was a winger, and they wanted to get their superstar fly half, Nick Evans, back on the pitch to take some goals. So they put a blood, like a joke shot. It was a, it was a, yeah, it was from a joke. From, in, yeah, from in Clapham a party, Junction. Yeah, party shop. And they put like a joke, a uh, blood capsule under his lip, and he bit on it, and he was so proud of his biting performance. Yeah. <laughs> as the physio was dragging him off, like David said, A, he limped, and B, yeah, pretend, he, he pretended to have a hurty leg. <laughs> yeah. Forgot which part of his body he was meant to be pretending about. What's wrong with you, Tom? Oh, I just sort of sore generally. <laughs> Bleeding from where? Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. 
all over. <laughs> it's like <laughs> sort of a stigmatory sort of vibe. I mean, I've heard many times though, that, that this was a very common thing that, that um, yeah. medics would run on with um, either a blood capsule or a small um, mm. uh, knife and, mm. and nip them to make them go as blood, which just seems mental. <laughs> it seems absolutely mental that such a thing would happen. And um, How do you trust your physio? If your physio is the one who goes for the, the razor... Mm. It's like, but we do. Can't we use a blood capsule? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we use razors at this club. <laughs> How do you trust him ever again? I, 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 did I hear that he was actually given the blood capsule like the 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 last time the physio came on? So he sort of like was given the capsule, yeah. Put it in his sock, yeah. And told next time you go down, bite on this, yeah. Because um, it would also look <laughs> very weird if if you went into yeah. But I mean, it, apparently though. Even though apparently it was something that was happening throughout European rugby, mm. um, which you can believe, but apparently it happened the next weekend after the Harlequin things, and everybody knows about it. But there's a sort of like hush hush about which, which club it was. But yeah. it just feels mental that that it happened at all seems mental, mm. and the fact that people went, oh yeah, somebody got caught, but doesn't mean we can't do it. Oh, hundred percent. Well, it's like a lot of things in life, isn't it? When there's a narrative or some political gain from a from being very judgmental of people. Mm. We dive on. Yes. But when there's nothing to be gained, like, sorry, they've already been punished. They've taken the hit for the whole sport. Yes. So yeah. we don't have to punish. Yeah. I was thinking about with the salary cap as well. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of other teams who've had um, investigations, not just Saracens. Yeah, Leicester had one. Leicester had Seemed to have got away with it. Gone quiet, hasn't yeah. it? Um, because they didn't win anything. Like Saracens, there's a lot of narrative around that. There was a lot of like, they won a lot during that period. Um, there was a and they're the Nazis and, the, and we've established on this pod before <laughs> they are the Fuhrer reincarnated um, so that was but without the fun bits with, <laughs> without the personality yes. without the winning charm at least Nazis have sex parties yeah yeah well a, a Saracen sex party I think would have been the most brutal <laughs> brutal thing you can encounter you imagine Owen Farrell Billy Billy stick it in me <laughs> Do you think? Do you think Owen's a bottom? Owen's not a bottom, is he? <laughs> you seem so offended. What? <laughs> I'm trying to stick up for my northern brethren, but it, I mean, I mean, obviously either one's absolutely fine. I just don't see. I just don't see Owen as that. I would say Billy Vinopola would be more of a bottom than Owen Farrell. If you put if you put Billy Vinopola, Maru Toji, Owen Farrell together, who's the dominant sexual partner in that little? This really trio. is a window. I mean. I thought that we found out so much about you when we were talking about under 20s thighs. Yep. Um, but <laughs> the Italian under 20s specifically. Specifically, yeah. 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 Uh, um, but now th this seems to be even more the working parts of your character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> why, what do, why, what do you, what do you think about a pre-pod? Um, <laughs> I would say at that club, the one that has the nickname The Lady is Elliot Daly. Yeah. Yeah, he's got an assortment of wigs, hasn't he? 100% in his locker. It's not, you know, players have different boots, <laughs> different surfaces, different wigs, different wigs, different needs. <laughs> Elliot Daly. Now, Elliot Daly. Now we know what you're going to get as a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Different wigs, different, different needs. needs. Yeah. What's your plan for advancing in comedy, Tom? Well, <laughs> have you? Have I told you about? I've got a wink and limp. A wink and limp. <laughs> All right, that's the episode title. We've got it. The episode title sorted. Wink and limp. <laughs> Pre and post service. Wink and limp. Well, you know, it's good. It's good to have an angle. Yes, yeah, good to have an angle. Good to have an angle. That's why Elliot Daly screams from the bottom of the chain. Okay, All right, we can. Um, we can, we, can, we can probably move on from the alleged sexual proclivities of the Saracens', Saracens uh, dressing room. But speaking of uh, getting aggressively fucked, Wales probably going to lose this weekend against against France. Yeah, I think there might be quite a lot of aggressive fucking this weekend. Um, I've got a horrible feeling England are going to get a proper shakedown from Ireland. Yeah, you could see it, couldn't you? Because that England... I mean, so Joe Marchant... Is on the end of a yo-yo string, it seems like, mm. coming in and out of that team. And I don't, I don't, you know, we're both Queens fans, like Joe Marchant, I love that he's in the England team. 
does he he seems symbolic of like they don't really have an answer for what they're about at the minute the fact that joe marchant can be gone one second recalled the next mm. it seems like a bit of a symbol of mm. the fact that that team is just not not with it. And Jamie George said something really interesting during the week. He'd said that playing for England hadn't been very fun recently. And the way he's chosen to deal with that is by basically just blocking out negative people in camp and annoying people in camp. Wow. Where did he say this? Um, it was on the Rugby Union Weekly. It was on the BBC. Really? Yeah. And he didn't he didn't labour. And Danny, he was, he was chatting to Danny Kerr and they're really good mates. Mm. And I wonder if it tumbled out more than anything. But yeah, he was basically alluding to the fact that there's a bit of a split. There's a bit of like people who take it a bit too serious, a bit nausy, and people who are maybe a bit more... seems unlikely for this to happen the year that Owen Farrell isn't around. <laughs> well, well, you say that, but I wonder if that makes more sense, because I wonder if when Owen's there, he keeps such a tight lid on everything, and everything's so buttoned up and so repressed, that maybe now players like Jamie George feel more comfortable being like, you know what, lads, I don't really want to do that seventh hour of film study. Well, maybe he should. Maybe you should. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's been lots of reports that uh, Eddie Jones's camps are overly intense, which mm. um, was he, um, some strange Instagram post of him, the, uh, the third choice hooker, the guy from Newcastle that scored mm. a couple of mm. tries. Um, very sh sort of fatherly but kind of weird things of uh, Eddie Jones putting his uh, arm around him and pretending to blow an idea through one ear and catching it out the other. It's very creepy. Wow. <laughs> it's um, As, was, far, the fatherly creepy uh, tipping point. <laughs> yeah. Was it, will we check the receipts? Has Eddie Jones been to Epstein's Island? Is that part of his, <laughs> has he been there? No? Oh. Huh? Uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that is weird. Especially yeah. like with a young, a younger dude. and A young uh, hooker. A young hooker. <laughs> Not my first time, mate. Not my first time with a younger hooker, mate. He was a hooker himself in his uh, younger days. He was. Yeah. Loads of that. Uh, it's the, the, uh, the head coach position of choice. Well, I think it's because if Pun you intended. are... intended. <laughs> well, I think if you are a um, slightly more cerebral member of the forward pack, hookers are good landing. Because you're kind of like one of the big... Eight and two, you're kind of your big decision makers, aren't they? Mm -hmm. So if you're undersized you end up sort of gravitating towards that position. I reckon that's why they make a lot of good coaches. Because yeah. they're on the front lines, they experience the actual... Nuts hard work. Hard work. But then they actually have to think about the game because they're thinking about set pieces mm -hmm. and like tactics and that. And uh, the hooker has slightly gone back to being a different role because for a while it was just a third prop, prop mm. which I, I found as a hooker myself, uh, I found very annoying. I mean, uh, Steve Thompson was a great player, stoic warrior, but he was just a prop between two other props. Yeah, John Schmidt was like yeah. that as well. You, you didn't, having that sort of Keith Wood, um, mm, Phil Greening. Yeah. Uh, Phil Greening was amazing to watch. It's such a short career for England, but mm. you know, it's like a centre in the pack, you know, and he, yeah. they always were sort of like the joker and the sort of like the, 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 the sort of... It's like a stocky scrum half. Like having a yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly so, yeah. And um, I'm glad that they have, although... They became more like a third prop because of the hooking coming out of the game, that there wasn't any hooking happening on the front row because they're feeding the ball further and further back in the scrum. Yeah. yeah so yeah. The, the, so the, prop, the, the hooker needed to be lighter than the two props because helped. the prop had to hold them up in order to be able to hook the ball. But if yeah. they're not going to hook the ball, then they can just have another monster like Steve yeah. Thompson in there. And I, and I see teams oscillate. Like, um, Ireland have Keller, who's a massive dude. Mm -hmm. And Jamie George is big, but I feel like he's he's there more on his not more on his skill set, but he's there for his set piece proficiency, and he's got great skills around the park. Um, so I, I, I feel like teams teams oscillate a little bit now between between both. But but just 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 back to the Ireland England thing. So I feel like Ireland are hitting their straps a little bit. I think they've or in terms of like how they want to play, and I, I do feel like they've moved they're moving away from this Joe Schmidt era. They're moving into more of a um, what does Andy Farrell keep calling it? Chaos rugby, like where they yeah. want to play more fluid. But the one good thing for England is Ireland haven't had a proper test since France. Yeah, which they failed. Which they failed. Mm. So as much as as much as Ireland, there's a lot failed of, their French exam. They fa <laughs> failed their French or, or, oral, much like Elliot Daly. Um, so, <laughs> so 
uh, as good as Ireland have been sort of last six months, in the last month, yeah, they don't, there's some potential weaknesses there for England to attack, maybe. Yes. Um, yeah, well, they're just hopefully ring rusty. Yeah. Much like Elliot Daly. <laughs> what the pause is for. <laughs> Just two professionals back and, back and, back and forth. Um, like Elliot. Like <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, if you ever want to come on, let us know. We'll bring, we'll bring the wigs. You bring the banter. These are quite firm chairs, so you might need an inflatable ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little donut. <laughs> Which is his nickname in the dressing room. <laughs> the lady donut. The lady donut. <laughs> Filled with jam or cream. Depends on the day. <laughs> um, it's implying jizz or blood, right? That's what, that's what it was, yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. For the, yeah. For, for the Welsh listeners out there, like, what the fuck are they talking about, mate? <laughs> Quick translation for all you chaps. Donuts are so exotic for Wales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never seen a donut in Swansea. <laughs> One of those foreign foods. <laughs> We're losing, li- 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 losing all our, all our sins in Cardiff. They've all gone. <laughs> Angry letters. Um, the the thing uh, is interesting about the England game as well. Eddie Jones is playing this permanent. He, he plays this permanent underdog. Yeah, it's nonsense, isn't it? And I was wondering what. So if Eddie Jones is constantly the underdog. Doesn't that indicate that he's not doing that good a well, job? Well, considering he has more money and resources than any other country in world rugby. Any other cunt. <laughs> I thought going to stop. Like, he's got more money than any other cunt. <laughs> so that's my Scottishness. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he isn't. Mm. I mean, he had an amazing first couple of years. Um, and then, he, yeah, England have not been the sum total of their divided parts. They're the anti-Wells. Wells constantly come back and are more than their divided parts and England constantly are not. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the, the the young players are the most exciting players that they've got. So hopefully, I, I really hope he doesn't shit the beds because of a loss and start to go back and try and recreate the 2019 team again. Because, nah. Because the, the, the Marcus uh, Smiths and the Freddie Sturts and are the more interesting parts. Although I am excited to see Sam Underhill back in the squad. Oh. Yeah, yeah, because he's, uh, I think, the best uh, number seven in the country um, when fit. He's sort of the Manitou Alangi of the pack, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a real, yeah, he's so, I mean, that try against um, New Zealand that got disallowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be like the try of the decade had. uh, Pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. and it's strange poetry because there's lots of debate of whether um, uh, Courtney Laws was offside. He was, but he was only offside because of a rule that Eddie Jones forced to be changed after Italy fucked him over with Rutgate. Uh, if 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 he had just if he'd not cried and thrown all his toys out the pram after uh, mm. still winning against Italy, but just being slightly embarrassed, yeah, then the offside rule wouldn't have changed, and that try would have been a real try. Yeah, so, so. fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. I, uh, take it right in the offside rule. Take it right in the offside rule. <laughs> Reading off Elliot Daly's grinder profile again. So um, the that's, that's not going to get old. So the um, the the underdog thing really bothers me. The other thing I forgot. To be honest, if I'm completely honest, I forgot how bad not how bad, but England didn't have a great Six Nations the year before the World Cup in 2018. No, I think they finished third or fourth, mm. and then did really well the year of the World Cup and then obviously got to the final of the World Cup. So it annoys me, two things. One, it annoys me that Eddie Jones keeps talking about the World Cup mm. as if it's some, you know, be all and end all. I get it. He's personally obsessed with it because he's never won it as mm. a head coach. And he's lost two finals. Yeah. So, yeah. And he, he probably feels like his coaching CV will never mm. be complete without. Yeah. So I, on a human level, I understand the obsession with it. But I really get annoyed by him hiding behind it and I get annoyed that the English media in particular lets him hide behind it. I think a lot of people are saying the same thing now though. You know, we England should not should be winning the Six Nations more than like twice a decade. You know, mm. when Wales with its poor I keep on coming back to us because they are an example And they've of, done phenomenally, yeah. Yeah. Of just being amazing when they ha you know t- uh, and 
um uh somebody asked me last year why i got so upset about um uh, i get upset when scotland lose but why i was so upset about their them letting wales sort of like mm. fall through the, their fingers so well, you have to take advantage of the years when England shit mm. because Scotland have two teams to pick from mm -hmm. they're never going to be competitive with England who have millions and millions of pounds and 14 professional teams yeah. to pick from so you know you, you, you have to take advantage of those years and that, that that game against Wales the second game of the Six Nations last year they could have won that game so easy they were so in the driving seat mm -hmm. and you know will we look back as that because if they'd won that game they when they would have been in the froze to win it in that last yeah. weekend against France, uh, you know, and you have to take those opportunities. Whereas England, so England should be the evil empire because they have got all these resources, and yet they've not been competitive. You know, they, apart from winning that one that they won on a legality, the the, the Six Nations before last, mm. when they won because they kicked a penalty to get a losing bonus, bonus point. point against France. Yeah. The most sort of, I don't want to say cowardly, but yeah, most yeah. terrible way to win. Default, default. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> litigation, litigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the romance of sport. Yeah. 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 What do we want? A loophole. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, which is Elliot Daly's third nickname, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, it was, it was quite apt that they won it sat in a hotel conference room. <laughs> because <laughs> With a prawn sandwich in hand. Yeah. And Earl Grey. <laughs> What's that, Jeeves? We've won, have we? Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> the colonies conspired against one another. Very good, very good. Yes, excellent news. <laughs> it's a, a moustache twirl <laughs> on the wind. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 you're right. You're right. You, you'd like to think for um, being a horrible uh, colonial power, we'd like to get some benefit <laughs> out of it. Yeah, we've got some benefits. Yeah, we'd like to have some benefits yeah. out of it, yeah. Because um, it's an interesting one because the advantage that, that Wales and Ireland do have, Ireland especially, is they are smaller countries, smaller player base, but they focus everything on the national teams. And that has some downsides. Like grass, you, you could argue grassroots in Wales is suffering these mm. days as a result of that, but they do focus everything on the national team. Whereas England mm. has a lot of resources, but we, te we tend to spread them around. Like the you know mm. the di the distance between what Premiership teams want from their players and what the England team needs from a player might be quite significant. Like, he, like James Haskell, I think recently said that Eddie Jones would come into um, Wasps and be like, "I'd like this and this and this," and the Wasps coach would be like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Then he'd leave him be like, "You're not doing any of that." <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah yeah there is definitely a sort of church and state situation because mm. because the the and the same in france i suppose um i suppose it is the silver lining of being a smaller nation that your clubs and your your, your national thing can be in line mm. you know because you know leinster is ireland so you know and previously it was Monster. I don't know how they choose to swing it from one to the other, but yeah, in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was Monster. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose it is the silver lining to have them all working as one, but mm. you know, Harlequins and Saracens are never going to conspire, and how can we help England most? No, exactly. Yeah. I feel like France have and cracked it. Go no, no, I was going to go on to France. So well, I think, I, think they've, I think they've cracked it because they're, they're approaching more of it like a South African model, where... One of the things Razzy Erasmus brought in was they really simplified the game plan and made it much more about being really proud to play for South Africa. Right. And I feel like France have imported a lot of that with Galtier and mm. Ibanez. Everyone talks about Sean Edwards, but I think with the, with Galtier and Ibanez, they've really brought in this simplified player empowerment mm. model of coaching and given that group a real sense of what it means to play for France. Yes. And yeah. I feel like that's, that is that is a way of getting over having a disparate yeah. player base. And it doesn't seem to be that with England at the moment, which is a No. Shame. I mean, I'll tell you what's interesting with France. Like they've they've just not picked Vakatawa for a while. Yeah. Because he's not mentally there. He's not buying into this philosophy. Can you imagine France, even three years ago, leaving a player of that quality? I mean, think about all the times Bastero wasn't really quite at the races. Yeah. But they just kept him in and around the squad because you can't drop him. Yeah. Um, it feels like that's a very big psychological shift for a team like France. Uh, a, a player that's too much part of the establishment that he can't even be dropped when he's not playing very well. Who does that sound like? <laughs> 
Good job he's injured. Good job he's injured. Otherwise, we'd have to watch him no matter how <laughs> shit he played. Talk about you, O'Farrell. Yeah, talk about O'Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, what do you reckon happens in their house? I've always, I've always wondered this. What in the in their house in the lead up to games? In Owen Farrell's house. Yeah, like Owen Farrell, Andy Farrell. What? Oh right, I see what you mean. I don't think they live with each other anymore. <laughs> then <laughs> they do. Then, they do. then they're northern. They definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serving. I'm still serving. Um, no, like, I think Andy Farrell still still reads to Owen Farrell at, at night time. Yeah, <laughs> the hungry, hungry caterpillar. Dad, you're going too fast. <laughs> I can't keep up with words. Do you think they're always in? What's t- that? That son is fruit. <laughs> Do you think they're always in team kit? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I imagine Christmas Day in their house. It's just full kit wank competitions. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy turns up full island regalia. Owen's there, full England regalia. And they walk to dinner, like walking down a tunnel. <laughs> and their mum's like, well, you two just fuck off. Turkey's getting cold. I'm not coming down first. It's psychological warfare, mum. <laughs> I'm not coming to the table first. Dad's going to have to move. He'll have to move. I mean, it feels... Documentary type actor. <laughs> I reckon that's how. I think it's how it happens. <laughs> Elliot Daly's in a gimp mask in the corner. Well, yeah, on the love swing. On the love swing, Christmas Day. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but even if they don't live together, do you reckon they ever? Because apparently they're they're very close. So I wonder if they ever, you know, during game weeks they have to say sorry, Dad, no combos. I presume so. Yeah, you think, wouldn't you? Certainly when they're playing each other. Yeah. Yeah, because part of you wonders like your competitive side takes over and almost, almost like you want to um, leave a few crumbs of what you might want to do just on, on a competitive level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you think they're gonna like give each other a bum steer? Yeah. Sort of like false. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, guess... I, I just don't. Nah, I don't. I, I, I don't think they're that sophisticated. <laughs> As he says with his pocket square. <laughs> <laughs> Call me old-fashioned. It's, it's also my mask. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, all up. So, I think uh, I, the, the only other thing I was thinking about from that end game was, um, is there anything Eddie Jones could do to lose his job? So, if they finish fifth again, right... I mean, it looked like he was doing something with that young hooker. That <laughs> all the jobs. You lose all the jobs. Apart from the one he gets off Elliot Daly. <laughs> um, yeah, apart from apart from allegedly uh, molesting a 23-year-old hooker in Newcastle, um, is, there, is there anything Eddie could do to lose his job? If they lose the next two games, I think he's in severe... I don't think he would lose his job before the World Cup because it, it's just been set that that's the... the, the yeah. But, but, I mean, I think he'd be in real... I, I, I think it, um, real trouble if he loses the last two games of the yeah. season. Yeah, but then you, then you think... Because I, I agree with you, they signed this big contract to the World Cup. It seems yeah. pretty clad, you know, cast in stone. But then what do you do? You just limp through to the World Cup for 18 months? I mean... Play, does player buy-in go away? Do you have to like get rid of all your senior players so that there's, there's a young crop of you know fresh-faced p- kids who are like, oh, we'll do anything you say, Eddie? Wouldn't be the end of the world. <laughs> no, I just mean you know he he's been so slow to move on from you know pretty much mm. uh, Lancaster's side. You know he, he should he should have brought through a lot more young talent straight after the 2019 World Cup and he just hung on to the same squad and the mm. same and the same ethics. Mm. Um, uh, so it wouldn't be the end of the world if he had to be dramatic in uh, picking a much younger... If if we take... The, mm. They lose the next two games yeah. and, and lose them not looking convincing yeah. as well, then starting to build a whole new squad wouldn't be the... Would, would probably be the yeah. only silver lining of that. It could be, couldn't it? Because I think something that annoys me about World Cup cycles, I think a lot of coaches pretend they have some grand... I mean, they all, don't get me wrong, they all have a plan. But they pretend there's some sort of like, if you know A happens, then B will happen, then C will happen, some mm. sort of grand plan. And you can look at any World Cup and find two or three, maybe even four sides, who ripped up the form book in the World Cup. Think about England in the 2007 World Cup. They were absolute dog shit. 
and just had a player group who just yeah. came together and was like, we're going to get to a final. Mm-hmm. Um, South Africa, in a couple of World Cups, have lost in pool mm. stages. I mean, 2019 World Cup, they got smashed by the All Blacks mm. in the pool stage. Mm. And then rode, it, rode that out to get to a final. Didn't look good against Wales. Was terrible against Wales in yeah. the semi. Yeah. And then won a one-off game. The only coach I've ever heard be honest about it was Steve Hansen. Right. He, he was like, you can't plan for them. Like anyone, anyone who tells you yeah. you can build to a World Cup cycle is... Yeah, well, he also said... He said the thing about being. He said everybody thinks about. Oh, it, we don't. Doesn't matter if we lose these games as long as we're building f- to the World Cup. He said, but that's never a problem for New Zealand because you're expected to win every game, so you're not allowed to build to a World Cup. And he said, but it doesn't doesn't hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've never got, turned up to a World Cup uncompetitive, have they? Yeah. Um, and arguably the ones where they overfocused on it. Yeah. They've done the ones that they did the worst. Yeah. Uh, like the two thousand was it two thousand and the one that they seven? lost to France seven yeah yeah that was that was one where it really felt like they were game planning for it yeah because um, they'd had a couple that they hadn't won because they hadn't won since the first World Cup and it's yeah. started to become a obsession yeah I, don't I, I think you're, as it has been with England there we go yeah so maybe, maybe we've yeah just w- win the game this Saturday yeah <laughs> that's. Uh, and, and build like a culture, people. In. It, it's it's very interesting to hear a senior player like Jamie George, even just with whispers of mm. it's not been that fun. Right. And I don't mean fun as in just like having a laugh, but enjoyable, looking forward to it. Mm. You know, even if it's a hyper competitive environment, you feel like because I heard that the I because I, I asked I'd, I'd heard the same interview. I thought it just meant that through his own not being picked he wasn't enjoying himself because he you know he got because mm. of what happened at saracens and a year in the championship because apparently he flourished and really enjoyed the championship he was one of you those, can imagine that can't you though yeah and just being sort of like the man of all seasons mm. at the bar and you know rotherham or wherever they were playing yeah sort of like but but um but then uh having a a, a unexciting Lions tour which must have been so depressing mm. that Lions tour but being stuck in hotel rooms because of Covid and mm-hmm. not being a tour tour not having crowds and then not getting picked must have been fucking spiritually breaking for like three weeks as well he just did it for like three weeks yeah cause... but didn't play because yeah because it wasn't even in mid-week game yeah. and stuff and um and he wasn't even picked in the twenty-two. Not, yeah. Not, so, so he's just sat in the stands, you know, not being able to see friends, not being able to sightsee, uh, not to be able to go out to restaurants and pubs, and not, yeah. uh, and then not getting picked. Must have been fucking. Uh, and so, no wonder he, he sort of came back, and then he's not getting picked for England either. So, I, I felt it was more of a personal. I didn't. Well, I heard interesting. That I thought it was his own personal. Uh, bad year that yeah. he was talking about rather than that England as a base was uh, tottering but it's interesting that you you interpreted it that way yeah I've gone for the more salacious All right, fair enough. more salacious take <laughs> gone for the headline grabby I've gone for the Daily Mail interpretation I will always go for personal torture <laughs> much like Elliot Daly <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've gone for I've, I've, I've gone for the Daily Mail George slams George slams Jones in England camp horror show. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a journalist, that was the uh, you, you could basically do like Mad Libs out of headlines. Mad Libs, like um, it's, like, it's, it's a stupid game. I think most play it in America, I guess. Where like it's kind of like Wordle, where you 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 get a combination. It's like you try and make words out of right. combination things. But you could basically every sports writer had like slammed horror show uproar um, gate gate. Um, gl- like c- didn't cover himself in glory. Did cover himself in glory. All those headlines about Elliot Daly, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was, like we used to have a, it was like a running gag in the in the newsroom about just like you running made, gag. Like, <laughs> <Elliot Daly>. <laughs> <laughs> really branching out in his sexual prowess. <laughs> God, I hope he is this Run, running and gagging. Running uh, gagging. Uh, <laughs> That's the that's the vaudeville follow up act to Wink and Limp, <laughs> running gagging, running gagging. Yeah, if you from the people who brought brought you Wink and Limp, it's running gag, <laughs> Reggie running gag, <laughs> live in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> right before we get to the NFL, there's one very quick thing I want to say about Scotland, which is, is Stuart Hogg in fact shit? Yeah. Um... 
as a proud Scot, I can't um, admit that I've always thought he might be. Mm. Um, he's a brilliant player. He's a great player. But yeah, does he? He's a great. He yeah. Maybe some stats, right? So he made 145 meters technically against France, but he only made 50. Well, he only made 15 after contact. Yeah. So that means he's basically making a lot of yards. It's a lot of running back from a kick. Yeah. 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 And then he dropped, I think, three high balls, which, which in the Lions was a yeah. huge Achilles heel. Um, whatever you want to say about that Chris Harris pass, like he did drop it and call yeah. for it and didn't put himself in the right, in the right position to... And, as I said on the other pod, a lot has been made about the, the pass being wrong, but Stuart could have just run a little faster. Yeah. A little faster. That's, all, that's always an option. Yeah. Just, just go a bit quicker, Stewie. Um, I, I think he's technically a great player. He's a very passionate player. He's a great asset to the Scotland side. But yeah, I think there's a, 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 there's, there's a sharpness that you get from any number of the Welsh back three. Yeah. That Stuart doesn't quite have that fast twitch, which I, I, it pains me to admit. But I think you've got a point. I think like the, the technical proficiency. Like I would just someone like a Liam Williams for how good he is going forward is rock solid, as well. Like Freddie Stewart is rock solid, mm. um, and I think in international rugby, especially that you know, the margins are so small, kicking such a big part of your your attack in a lot of ways in terms of dominating field position. For an opposition to know like Dwayne Van der Merve is not great fielding mm. kicks and Stuart Hogg's not great fielding. It's, it's, it's pronounced do one. Do one. <laughs> do one. <Van> it <laughs> sounds like an angry guy in Glasgow telling a Dutch guy to leave. <laughs> do one, Van der Merve. <laughs> You've got it down. <laughs> You're cut off. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, there's, there's, there's nothing else to say about Scotland and Italy. That's the other thing I've loved this week is a lot of commentators being like, ooh, this could be the banana skin for Scotland. I mean, it is a banana skin. Is it, though? It is a banana skin. Do, do you think there's a legit worry? I mean, they might make it hard work and it might be close and they might only win by six or only win by ten, but do you really think Italy have got a chance of being Scotland? Nothing would surprise me with Scotland. <laughs> They've broken my heart too many times. <laughs> Scared. scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Do you put your kilt on and just like in the dark hold, hold yourself? <laughs> just clutch your bagpipe. <laughs> just blowing into it every now and then. Yeah. Like Elliot Daly. <laughs> Elliot Daly has never blown into my bagpipe. <laughs> remained a true. <laughs> that's that's the t-shirt for this week. <laughs> Elliot Daly's never blown into my bagpipe. Mullud. Mullud. Yep. Yep. Uh, Your Honour. Uh, right. Shall we quick, well, quick NFL chat, shall yes. we? Yes. So, fucking big news this week. A lot, like, considering there hasn't been much going on, this week's been, everything's been mm. popping off. Russell Wilson has, in fact, signed with the Denver Broncos. Is that breaking news to you? What? I've not heard this. No, buddy. This is last night. Russell Wilson, gone. I was busy last night. He's been... David's bragging about having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and and the strangest thing is it wasn't even with Elliot Daly. <laughs> which is which is wild. <laughs> Elliot Daly is at England camp unavailable and David still managed to have sex. Oh. <laughs> Let's hope he never gets COVID. Otherwise, the whole squad's going <laughs> going down. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Right. So. So yeah. So Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has just signed for Denver Broncos. That, that is uh, amazing because I, I, I was thinking there's going to be all this talk about so many quarterbacks going to move and then not, none of them will. Yeah. No. We, for, he's but, gone. It's like 612 draft picks and Drew Locke and one of the players whose name escapes me. Wow. In exchange, and Russell, I looked up. He's not that old, so he's no. so he's got. They reckon if you go on this new Tom Brady model. By the way, Johnny Sexton can just thank his lucky stars. Tom Brady exists. It's the only reason I think Johnny Sexton's got his contract extended into right. the World Cup. Yeah. But um, it's on this new Tom Brady timeline, if he played right. till he was thirty nine, forty, um, they could have like eight, seven, eight years out of him. You could have a whole second career in Denver. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where you get your second career, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's at work for... Things to do in Denver when your career's dead. <laughs> Pacey Manning. Yeah. Uh, you know. um, yeah, and they do seem to have everything in place to ready to win now. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but now enter the Seahawks into the quarterback market. So uh, the Giants apparently are going to sign Trapitsky, it seems. Yeah. Mental. Oh, my God. That's such a New York Giants decision, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's such like a, we see something in this young man that no one else has seen. Like, are you sure? He's a good looking fella, I suppose. Yeah. Get him together with Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> the Trubisky Elliot Daily Double Act. It's our third vaudeville parent of the week. Um, which one's limp and which one's wink? <laughs> I think both of them are twink. <laughs> twink and sink. Twink and sink. Yeah. Um, so Trubisky at the Giants. I mean, the the the, the other thing about the Russell Wilson thing is if Drew Lock Drew Lock's not starting in Seattle, is he? Drew Lock's not going to be. I can't think he would be, but yeah. I mean, obviously he's got a year, year and a half under his belt mm. with the Broncos, but he doesn't feel like anyone's like fix. But that I mean, everyone's saying that there's no real starters in this draft, and now you've got the Seahawks, mm. the Colts. Mm. Um, uh, the Bucks, mm. uh, technically the Giants, but they're lying to themselves that they've got the situation sorted. Um, the Steelers. D- the Steelers that have got a team, like the rest of the roster is ready. Yeah. The Colts roster is brilliant. The Bucks roster is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all they need is a quarterback. Yeah. If anybody, yeah, if anybody does want to move, Rogers, yeah, well, for instance. So he's apparently signed a two hundred million dollar deal to stay. Really? Last night. Yeah. Oh. Big mate, you you missed a lot. What happened? When yeah, that? yeah. This is this, this is what is this, this is a commitment to the pod. Just yeah. sat is that why you never have sex? Hundred percent. That's the only reason. That's it. That and the Italian under under twenties won't call me back. They're the, they're the two. <laughs> <laughs> My Italian needs to improve. Um, so Rogers apparently, well, he's definitely signed to stay in Green Bay. The reported figure is two hundred million dollars for a thirty-eight-year-old quarterback, which means even if he plays till he's forty, it's a hundred million a year. Wow! And you're asking him to maybe go beyond that. So he he tweeted and said, "It's not a two hundred million dollar contract." Now, this is from the guy who said, "I am vaccinated," so you don't know where the truth, what role the truth plays in Aaron Rodgers' stories. Because you, you could argue, he might say, yeah, it's not a $200 million contract, it's $100 million with $100 million of bonuses. That's not $200 million, no. Who knows? But it sounds like they've thrown a bag at him to stay. Yeah, and it doesn't really work with the the um, the wage cap in the NFL. If you overpay just one big star, what have you got? You, you've, yeah. I mean, the great irony is he's the one that's always complained that he hasn't got weapons around him. Mm. And now he's completely handicapped them being able to put weapons around him. Yeah. Well, his, his argument would be, it's not my fault you drafted Jordan Love mm. instead of taking one of the six, you know, amazing wide receivers in that draft class. God, what what a f- life being Jordan Love. Poor bastard. <laughs> you know, he could have just been a pretty anonymous backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And earned quite good money. And had the odd game every now and again, mm-hmm. felt like a fucking superstar. Mm-hmm. But instead, he's this almost religious figure mm-hmm. of, yeah. You'd hope that he gets to go somewhere else. Yeah, although do you do you watch the three games he yeah, started? Terrible, terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I know what you mean for his like. But who knows how much that is? How much him. he has been psychologically fucked by his situation? Mm-hmm. You imagine. There's definitely better places to be a backup quarterback as like San Diego, yeah. like Florida. New like, York. Yeah. If I'm gonna be a backup somewhere, give me a fun city or like some warm weather. Oh right, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, do you know what I mean? If your whole job is just like yeah. studying the playbook and being there in case and watching American football. Yeah. yeah. Like, let me do it in a fun city or a warm city. Yeah. Not in a fucking Arctic tundra. Um the, the other big news is they have fun in Wisconsin, don't they? Uh, mostly cheese based. It's dairy, a lot of dairy based fun. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting part of the world, Wisconsin. Um, one of my friends lives there. I went up to visit him a few times, and uh, it's very, they're very nice. But at the same time, you're very aware of like 
everyone does own a gun and hunting's a big thing. Yeah. And it's very, very manly. So you you feel you you're very like, oh, this barroom fight is one bad move away. Or, you know, you know, an argument might be one move away from you have got a shotgun in your back of your truck. And you are proficient at killing other living things. <laughs> um and and do you think this is a good thing for Aaron's contract or against him? <laughs> I, think, I think that's how we got it done. All right, okay, that's how they got the contract done. Yeah, 100%. Uh, fucking made a meal of it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So he's staying. Russell is a Bronco. Wow. Well, it's going to be interesting. Somebody's going to overreach for one of these quarterbacks in the draft. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. They seem to be ranked around like 25, but I bet you one or two of them will go up round 10. 100%. Because that. They're desperate. We got uh, how many did we just? The Bucks have no quarterback whatsoever, mm. do they? Who was no? Who was the backup last year? Oh, it was he, he brought his man down from um, Patriots, didn't he? Hoyer, Brian Hoyer. Oh right. I mean, he's the worst quarterback yeah. ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's not going to be their starter, is it? No. Um, and it, so you got the Bucks, the Colts, uh, Steelers. Yeah, someone's someone is going to overpay somebody. Yeah. Who else is going to move? Do you think anyone else is going to move? Well, there's some chat. Cleveland might be wrong for Baker Mayfield. There's some chat about that. Right. Um, but they'd have to eat some of his contracts to get rid of him. But what if they got rid of him? Who would they replace him with? That's the whole problem. Yeah, it's it's kind of this carousel. It's kind of this ABC thing of like you know if this yeah. person moves there and that person moves there, we could maybe try and get. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the pieces are falling into place for them. To, but they're they're in a tricky situation because Cleveland, I do feel sorry for them because they've gone from being you know zero wins, one win, two wins to actually a playoff team. They just happen to exist in a division that has Baltimore, Pittsburgh Steelers, and now a Super Bowl, Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, how that must be so demoralizing for everyone in that building. It's like we did our job. We we went from a zero win team to a so, yeah. ten win team. Yeah, and yet we're still bottom. Yeah. Like Elliot Daly. <laughs> it is the gift that keeps on giving. Like Elliot like Daly. <laughs> we both knew where we were going. Uh, there's two other, two other things come out of the NFL this week. So one, you heard about Calvin Ridley's gambling thing? Nope. So Calvin Ridley, wide superstar wide receiver for Atlanta, Falcons. Um, he's been banned for at least a year. For, for gambling? Yeah, for... Gambling on NFL games. Whoa! So he uh, allegedly allegedly has lost over ten million dollars on uh, gambling on NFL games, and he claims he only ever bet a hundred thousand dollars. So if he, if that's if that's correct, that's the uh, whatever odds he was given. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he should be banned uh, for the maths. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, that's um, I can't. I mean, I would say that's a shame such a talent's going to be missed, but it wasn't like the Atlanta Falcons were doing anything with him. No. Yeah. No. And they're another team. Who's, I mean, Matt Ryan still signed up. Yeah. For them. For. Do you know what's funny? Guys like Matt Ryan, he's sort of in the, he's kind of in the Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of the Baker Mayfield camp of like. 49 is another team that wants a. Is, is, is the guy they drafted going to be their quarterback? Maybe we don't know, do we? Well, yeah, because they liked him, Trey Lance. Yeah, they liked him a lot, didn't they? Yeah, they liked him a lot. So enough you feel to, enough to get rid of Jimmy G. Top ten, but so they, but they still didn't play him. No, but you wonder if that's just like a you know Kansas love Patrick Mahomes, but they sat him for a year behind Alex, mm. um, Alex Smith. Smith. So you wonder if if Kyle Shanahan was just like, I don't want to, exp- you know, you're just not ready this year. I'd rather you have a. Because I feel, I feel like coaches make different decisions when they have different levels of job security. Yes. So like, if Kyle Shanahan really feels like he's got some runway, yeah. Um, at San Francisco, he probably felt like he could make that decision. Whereas with the Aaron Rodgers thing, you mentioned the cap, but apparently one of the former assistant coaches at Green Bay said um, Matt Lafleur was like, "If we don't sign Aaron Rodgers, we're all getting fired." Right. Yeah. So he's like, "Fuck the cap. Fuck the <laughs> fuck the five yeah. year plan." Like if. If if we have to play with Jordan Love, we're all getting fired. Right. So whatever it takes to sign him, because that keeps us all employed and keeps us all employable. Yeah, that I mean, they're fucked now. <laughs> Absolutely fucked. 
Well, I just I just think that 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 um, organization is unique. Obviously, it's not owned by it's owned by the yeah. fans. It's got more of a it's got more of a um, long term loyalty, and they're less. They seem like less uh, hungry for success. In in the way that I feel like there's some franchises where if you don't win quite quickly, yeah. the fans can um, disown you. Yeah, like in Green Bay, it doesn't matter. No. They're just they're passionate through and through. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. But I still think that I just it's too much money for one player. How can you build the rest of the roster? And that means you you can't. Doesn't matter how good. I mean. You're trying to win now with what you've they, got. They've proved for the last five years that having the best quarterback in the league doesn't, doesn't mean that you can win anything. Yeah. Ten years. They've won one. Yeah. yeah. That was in 2006. Do you know what? I'm so uh, a bit later than that, I think. Maybe seven. No, because that was the Giants year. I think it's like ar around, around 2010, oh, maybe. Two it was a year, bef it was year before uh, Eli's seconds, 2011. Yeah. So, but, but what's interesting is in that Aaron Rodgers has won four MVPs He's won back-to-back -back MVPs twice. Mm. So it really does feel like that whole organization is just appeasing Aaron yeah. Rodgers and, and everyone has this... Matt LaFleur's maybe articulated it, but everyone maybe feels like, don't overthink it. You can't... You, we can't fire, right. like, the no. third best quarterback of all time. Yeah. He just stays until he drops. Regardless of the fact that you might be better off with... what What's the better situation what, to be in? Um the Bucks that have a full roster of talent and no quarterback. Yeah. Or well, it depends. If you're Matt Lafleur, you're a 38 year old healthy dude. Mm. If you're Bruce Arians, you're dying in the next two years. So you probably want to win yeah. now. Yeah, but what I mean, see, it's, it's you know, there's so, it's so it's so difficult to build a full roster because it is because you've only got so much money because there are only so many players because your roster is only so yeah. big. Um, and you know the Packers are going to really struggle to uh, if, if their their draft has to be brilliant because they have to be able to uh, all their drafted players need to be key functional members of their their, their roster mm. because they can't spend money on any veterans because they've spent it all on one shiny thing. Yep, and the uh, drafting hasn't been. Super aggressive last couple of years. Drafted a lot of defensive players and a quarterback that they're not going to use. That they're not going to use. Mm. So not the smartest cookies. The last thing I wanted to just chat about before we wrap up is: um, so have you watched any of the combine? Not a lot of it. Not a lot of it. So I dipped into it. I do enjoy a bit of a, a, yeah. a dash. And a... So the dash is what I was going to ask you about because they make a big deal out of it every year you know oh this defensive lineman can run a you know a 42 40 yard dash or this offensive lineman's running a 46 like this is incredible i think we need to create more situations in the nfl where big men get to run 40 yards right like i everyone gets really impressed with these 40 yard dash times and then we never see them see run again no. i think there should be a rule where at least once in a game you have to either give a running play to a big fat man or throw the ball to a big fat man at least once a game I like the technical term <laughs> big fat man yeah that's the fourth board of electors <laughs> well I, I, I've often said that I think American football would be more exciting if they had to use ro uh, rostered players for multiple reasons rather mm -hmm. than just bringing in a long snapper just to be a long snapper mm -hmm. just a punter just a punter if they had to also be um a punter also has to be the punt returner. <laughs> or, sure. Yeah. Um, every uh, <laughs> every offensive lineman gets a couple of plays a wide receiver every game. Mandated. Yeah. Mandated. Like you know how you, you know there's a, a rule you have to have um, six offensive personnel on the line, or you have to have yeah. a minimum of three defensive personnel on the line. Yeah. So. He, everybody's got problems with the overtime rules, mm -hmm. uh, and they think here's here's one immediately. Mm -hmm. um, you as soon as you go into over overtime, mm -hmm. uh, all your wide receivers have to have previously played on the offensive line that game, <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> we just see it, Joe Book like this is an interesting development in the big fat man clause. <laughs> the uh, Rule brought in by Tom and David in 2021. It's a uh, interesting. I've got a, 
<laughs> paragraph here about somebody called Daily. <laughs> Betting your Daily. I don't know what that's about, but that has nothing to do with. There's a lot of a lot, a lot of uh, ruffles and lols written underneath this paragraph. Not sure what that's meant to entail. He seems like a nice boy, this Elliot Daily. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love the idea of like David Bakhtiari just taking a pass and having to pirouette and then hearing like piano music playing in the background <laughs> as his big fat body has to move and then run I would just like yards. to see Nate Solder do anything mm-hmm. for all the money he's paid yeah let's have him be yeah yeah also like they don't get to touch the ball hardly ever and that's unlike Elliot Daly <laughs> Is that probably a good place to wrap up? Yeah. Sure. All right. This has been another episode of uh, Odd Shape Balls. Thanks very much. Cheers.